Five months since their last league fixture, the Raw are back for the 2017-18 A-League season and the Brisbane Football Review is back to preview it all for you. It's James Scott and Adam with you here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Guys, how are we going, Adam? Yeah, good. Probably the most picturesque uh, studio lot that we're going to have uh, this season, I guess. Scott, stay away from the bar. Oh, I've already been to the bar. No, it's, <laughs> it's great, isn't it? The season's just around the corner. It's looking forward to it. Can't wait. Yeah, we are, of course, recording this on the Friday before the season kickoff here at the Precinct Bar at Suncorp Stadium and... It's a beautiful, albeit a little bit hot day, and, you know, it's going to be the exact opposite of what the Raw face when they kick off in Melbourne on yeah. Friday night. It's the, but it's exactly what they're going to face a couple of months from now in, in the great Queensland summer. When they have all of their afternoon games yes. here. But you know what? It's a beautiful stadium. It's a great team. Let's look at what's in store for them for the upcoming season. All right, so let's start with the squad. Ins, we've got Fahid Ben Kalfala, Corey Gramero, Massimo Macarone as a marquee. Mitch Oxborough, Emmy Martinez, Peter Skopitis, and Eric Bortiak. I think I got that name right. Close enough. That's right. And outs we've got Broich, unfortunately, Jamie McLaren, Brandon Borello, Manuel Arana, Nathan Constantopoulos, Joey Katabian, Cameron Crestani, who, congratulations on the MPL Queensland victory, by the way, Tommy Orr, and Kai Roll. So let's start with the ins. Scott, who do you think is going to be the most important addition to this squad? Oh, it's hard to say, because we haven't seen Bortiak play yet. I think he could be a real X-factor X given the pedigree he's bringing from France. But from what we've seen, I think Massimo Macaroni looks a tremendous signing. He's In the pre-season games, he's gotten better and better and better, and you can see his influence over the team and the chances he's creating and the goals he's scoring. I think I think he's going to be really good this year. And he is 38 years old, Adam, but as we've seen last year with you know guys like yeah. Thomas Broich, age is just a number. Oh, look, any player that uh, comes out of playing you know, regular time in Serie A, which is Absolutely. one of the... You know the world's top four leagues. You know, irrespective of where his club came, he still played at that level. And look, it may be a step down, but I'm sure that he'll at least provide impact. How much impact? That will be the question. And just listening to some of the things that people are saying about him, you you feel like he's adapting well so far to the conditions. Like he had that goal, was it in the preseason friendly out at Redcliffe, yeah. where he beat the keeper to the ball, chipped it over, and then. Show composure yeah. on composure. That was on the his byline. first appearance in Raw Colours that game. That's right. He got the penalty as yeah. well there. And look, I'm not saying he's guaranteed to be, you know, a world-beating striker that's going to score 45 goals this year. But I think he's going to get his fair yeah. share. Though. I expect him to get minimum 10 goals. I think at least 10, if not closer to 15, to be honest. Because hmm. and on paper, he aside from the age, it feels like he would check a lot of the boxes for what Raw fans were looking for in a if striker. If he was 32, people would be raving about this signing. That's, that's the age. That's the question that people are bringing and up. And that's the thing is that's the only thing that counts against him is the fact that he's he's a known player and they know his his age on his birth certificate basically. Look, but if you look at him on the pitch, he doesn't look out of place. You know, being you know, obviously you know an experienced player, but you know he he seems fit, and, that, and that's what you want. And you know the fact that he's 38 really shouldn't make a difference. Scott, how would yeah. you manage Macaroni this year? Do you reckon he's going to start every game or we might see sometimes where he's left on the bench or possibly even out of the squad altogether? I think it'll be depending on how he goes. As the, the weather heats up even more, I think he, his body will tell you whether or not he should play every week or not. Particularly yeah. when the Champions League kicks in at three games a week, you're definitely going to have to rotate the squad then. But I think at the start of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts most, if not every week, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, and look, there is plenty of you know good quality back up there. We've seen yeah. Nicholas D'Agostino come on in the last 12 months. You've got Corey Gamero as well, and Scopettis who scored for fun. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, yeah. Why don't we move on to Peter Scopettis, who's probably been the revelation of yeah. preseason so far. Re- revelation is an understatement. He, he has been... <laughs> Really good, I think, and he, you know, for a guy who's you know, supposedly injury prone, and is still always at, always at risk. But um, look, he has been the revelation of I think of the whole preseason across the league, yeah. and I think he is he is you know a very very welcome addition to the squad. He's the underrated signing of the year, the one that just snuck under the radar. They brought him in as an injury replacement to start with, and he's done so well that they've given him a full time deal. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good, gone. pretty good way to set yourself up with yeah. a new club to go from, oh, we'll keep you around for a couple of months at least, to, no, 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 we want you around at least yeah. for this year. And I honestly hope that it is a two-year deal. Obviously, the Roar aren't disclosing contract information, yep. and no matter how many times I say pretty please, I doubt they'll... <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get that. <laughs> I'm not that charming. Um, but, you know, I think he could turn out to be a valuable asset, and if he has a good year, he might only be around for 12 months, yeah. but... He could have some really good contributions in that time. I think he will have some contributions in that time, particularly again when the fixtures get busier towards the end of the year. I think he's going to play a big part. And you do. And need there's those great bodies. competition for place now. We're talking about the strikers, but there's four really good options there that are all a bit different in what they do, but they're also good players. And you would say, aside from Macaroni, they can play, you know, either yeah. side of yeah. like out wide left, wide right. Cause I think Camaro was playing on the wing last last side of for Melbourne City a couple of years ago. So. You never know. And that's and like I said, that's also as well. Like yeah, you know, Corey Gamera, he's like I said, if he plays to what he's capable of, like I said, it is a very, very good, um, potentially you know striking line. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's that's what you want. And, pl- and like I said, plenty of options and plenty of different shapes. With Gamera though, it's hard to judge exactly what you're going to get from him after missing two years. So I think he's one you're going to have to take slower and just see what he can give you. Even then, yeah. yeah. Alright, so let's move on to another big signing, Eric Bortiak. Now, John Aloisi had this to say at his press conference. Adam, can you set that up for us? Yeah, well, look, he, as, as you know, uh, he's, he's, not, um, he's, he's not in the country yet, according to John Aloisi. And, um, and yeah, look, he's fairly disappointed about it. Alright, let's hear what Aloisi had to say. What's the latest with, uh, with Eric? I mean, uh, is that, uh, sort of he's not here yet? It's upsetting that he's not here yet because, you know, we, uh, we agreed with him. Uh, for the Raw and um, we were hoping the visa was going to be a lot quicker as you know it's still not he's still not available so you know it's going to be touch and go whether he's going to be here for the first game or not and, uh, that's disappointing because I would love Eric here uh, in the first game it isn't uh, meant to be so we just have to make sure that um, you know, we, uh, the other boys are ready and uh, it's an opportunity for someone else but uh, hopefully the visa comes to Eric uh, sooner rather than later all right, so yeah, obviously a very disappointed John Aloisi yeah, there. Understandable as well. If you want your best players here to start the season, of course you do. So what do you think we can expect from Bortiak when he comes in? It's obviously coming from another top European league. I think people need to, as much as we want him to be a direct replacement for Bortiak, I think people might just want to relax on that just a little bit until you get a chance to see him play in person. But hopefully he's a big difference maker because if he is, he could be the, he could be the X factor in the Royals' front third this year. Oh, absolutely. And... There are a few things... Like, Thomas Broach was a phenomenal player, but there are certain things that I feel like a replacement for him could improve on. First of all would be pace. Second would be... Yeah, goals. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's something that you go back and ask Broach about. He probably would feel quite frustrated too that he couldn't contribute more, but for the number of assists he had, I think we can... Yeah, we'll we'll let him off with that. Yeah. (laughs) But that's what I mean. Like, you can offer something different for the side here. 
Oh, look, I think, you know, it's, it's quite clear that John Elwissi obviously has a lot of faith in him. Not to, because you know, he, even, even with all his um, visa problems, he's still hoping that, um, that he'll be available for next Friday. Somehow, somewhere, I don't know, I don't think it's going to be possible. I don't know the inside workings, but, you know, it seems a far-fetched that, you know, he's still in the country, yet back up in seven days' time. So, but he might be um, a piece of puzzle that John Elwissi really needs for this team. I just... For clarification here, I did, you know, run a 10k race 48 hours after landing back from two weeks in Thailand, so how hard can it be playing in the air? <laughs> well, I am oh, kidding, wow. of course. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that, if you look at stylistically replacing Broich, which is obviously very, very difficult to do, Ben Kalfala has a lot of those attributes as well in terms of creativity, assists, etc. So between the two, you'll probably be able to replace some, if not most, of what Broich gave you and add something different to it as well. And I of think course, that, that also includes you've got to place Perello in that as well. Mm. And, well, keep in mind, like, uh, you know, Ben Carlfell has signed so early in the yeah. off-season, he's almost been forgotten. Yeah, he has. He hasn't been cited in the games either. He's played in the internal games, but that's it. But even then, like, that could work well in his favour because all of a sudden he's not the only guy that was signed and, you know, he can come in and do what he wants. All right, so let's go through the squad now. Mm-hmm. And go through position by position. So, goalkeepers, we've got Michael Theo, Jamie Young, and Tomislav Bilic. Yep. Obviously, Theo and Young would be clear 1A yep. and 1B in this squad. Yep. That's a good I, way to put it, 1 and 1A, basically. And I can go back 12 months to when we yep. did our first ever yep. show and we're saying, you know, whoever is starting, whoever is backup, it's a pretty good position to be in having the best backup in the A-League. And I think it's fair to say they're both going to get significant game time this year. John Aloisi has shown his willing to rotate his goalkeepers, particularly when the Champions League kicks around. I think Jamie Young would be the Asian Champions League goalkeeper. And Theo has unfortunately not been healthy for full seasons the last couple of years. So mm, well, it it's was great to have an, a tremendous option like Jamie Young in reserve. It was quite unfortunate the way that uh, Theo season yeah. ended last year, but Jamie Young won me over there. Like, yeah. I, I used to be very firmly in camp Theo, but now... I'd be happy with either one of them, to be honest. Oh, look, I agree. Look, you know, it, it's an embarrassment of riches. You know, we've got two capable goalkeepers. One goes down for whatever reason. You know, most other clubs, yeah, you say, oh, your number one goalkeeper is struggling to be fit. There, there's worries. Here in Brisbane, you know what? We're not worried. You know, we know that, we know that Michael Theo and Jamie Young can get the job done. Mm. Yeah, there um, might be questions over Jamie Young's distribution still, but as a shot stopper, you're right, he won me over but the shootout and also just everything that happened to him in the Champions League in Thailand and all the rest of it. That's right, and then coming back against yeah, yeah victory, against yeah. Melbourne Victory a week later where he took a pretty solid knock to yeah. the head and, you know, how much fault you can give him for that goal is yeah. up for debate, but it was still a fantastic yeah. performance that was only 1-0, I would say, in large part because of the performance yeah. of Jamie Young. All right, let's look at the fullbacks. Jack Hingott, Corey Brown, Dane Ingham and Connor O'Toole. Now, O'Toole has had a bit of an up and down preseason from what we've seen from him. Yeah, we haven't seen we haven't seen too much of him, but like obviously still young, up and coming. You know, you the best his yeah. best is still is still you know ahead of him. It's a big year for him though. If you might want to start looking at at least putting pressure on Corey Brown for that spot, because at the moment it looks very clear cut who's going to play. Exactly, but even then, as we say, like with the way this squad is set up everyone's going to have to contribute. I do wonder if even Dane Ingham might be ahead of him as a left-back option Well, like as well. I said, Dane, Dane Ingham you know, just got called up this morning to the um, All-Whites. Congratulations, Dane. So he's obviously, you know... He's fit again. On, yeah, he's apparently fit again. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's on the radar you know, potentially you know, for these crucial World Cup qualifiers, and that's only going to do well for him. And he could be in line to miss a couple of games as well, well Dane. He's definitely out for round one, so... Mm. Yeah. And then we've got... Yeah, obviously the two presumptive starters, yep. Jack Kingett and Corey Brown, who 
I quite like them as podcast guests. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I quite like them as fullbacks yeah. as well. They've really made those spots their own the last two years. With obviously storied raw players in Franich and Stefanudo moving on, they've mm. really taken the mantle up in those spots. And you know, we had big questions about Corey Brown last year, yeah. but he he's got a fantastic time. season to you know live up to now. Gary Wilkins medalist. Mm. And look, and for mine, I actually, I actually think you know the role that um, that Corey Brown and uh, Jack Hinger actually play to this squad, they are so they are so important. They they play well, Raw plays well. So it's I think that big. We need big seasons from both of them. And exactly. All right, so we're going to move on to the centre backs and what I would call the deepest group of players yes. in the team. You've got Jack. I've got Jade North, Luke Devere, Avram Papadopoulos, and Daniel Bowles. Now Papadopoulos hasn't been seen a whole lot so far this He's preseason. He's playing today in the internal game took the words right out of my yep. mouth. <laughs> but yeah, so Papadopoulos is a fantastic backup to have and someone that, yeah. like those top three, you've got North, Devere and Papadopoulos and Bowles will yeah. be back, I reckon, in November, he was November saying at the kit launch. Yeah. I do what? wonder actually whether or not it will be Papadopoulos as a backup or if he's going to continue to rotate the three of them. It, I would prefer him just to pick two and stick with it to form a partnership for continuity, and understanding yes. continuity, but if you are going to rotate three centre-backs, that's probably about the best you could do. You probably could so. chop and change. Like, I would yeah. say when you're facing someone like, I don't know, Matt yeah. Simon, you might yeah. want someone like Papadopoulos in yeah. there to knock him over. Yeah. Oh, look, the one thing that, you know, that a combination of, say, Devere and Papadopoulos gives you is height. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, in the past, uh, the Royal yeah. centre-backs have lacked. And, um, yeah. and yeah, like I said, it, it's, again, it's a case of it's so many multiple ways you can play at different shapes. Look, you can go your three, your three at the back. Careful. Your three centre-backs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how how successful they experiment, but like I said, it has has been without Avram Papadopoulos. So That's a good point. Also, knows. the other thing is, Luke Devere, you mentioned, he had a great season last year, but his body has let him down in years past. Hopefully that's now behind him and we can get another full season of Luke Devere in the side because he's such a good player when he's healthy. And you know what I do like about this group of players, especially, is the fact that they never seem to have two bad games in a row. Like, they always seem to... Like, if they do happen to have a bit of a questionable performance, they back it up with a reminder of why they're in the team. And look, they're not infallible, but... Um, no one is. No, well, I You am. make mistakes all the time. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, you, you do. You haven't kept those outtakes, have you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. So we've got centre mids, got Matt Mackay, the captain, Joe Coletti, Thomas Christensen, Jacob Pepper and Mitch Oxborough. Now, Oxborough has come in uh, from Perth. Yes, and via Newcastle... MPL, but yeah. And I feel like him and Pepper, they're obviously going to be the squad players, the guys that come in when needed and spell the established top three. And again, it's also a fairly deep group, I'd say. Yeah, it is. It starts off with the injury concerns with Thomas Christensen probably missing the first week. Donald, who was saying today in his press conference, he's not sure how long he'll be out, but definitely pretty much made it sound like week one. I'm looking forward to seeing what Joe Coletti can do this year. I want to see him kick on from what we saw last year and really establish himself as a first-choice player in that midfield. And look, while you don't want to celebrate an injury, having that opportunity for someone like Coletti to come in and be there from day one could be very important for the team later in the year. Oh, exactly. exactly. You know, and and the, we'll talk about sort of um, Jacob Pepper and Mitch Oxborough. Like I said, even though like I said, they, they are just squad players, you know, players both players have got you know expen- extensive you know A League experience. And again, you, it's be it's got to be better than having you know young guys, you know, just coming out of MPL or, or the youth team filling in, you know, if there's a case of an injury. So I think that, that dependability, I think, is going to be important. Just on Pepper, I think he might be more of a utility this year than a midfielder. You might see him pop up in more different positions as opposed to just in midfield if required. Oh, yeah. and But even then, like, it's still just a good body to yeah. have around. 
Alright, so we're going to move on to the attacking mid. So, we're sort of, we've sort of split this up based on the formation that the Raw played last year, the 4-2-3-1. Yep. These are the guys that will play in that group of three, as a drink just gets blown over by the wind. I'm going to run, I'm going to run us through that. You can go and clean that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we've got Brett Holman, Fahid Ben Kalfala, Eric Bortiak, Shannon Brady, and Peter Skipides. Now, Shannon Brady, I feel like, is an interesting yep. prospect here. He's young and had a lot of pace point. and on a fairly decent contract. So, Scott, what are you expecting from him? Well, just talking about Shannon Brady, it's a very, very interesting one because back in 2014 when he made his breakthrough, he made 200, played 269 minutes. Since then, he's played 177 minutes in two years. He needs games. I mean, we've seen he has ability. He can beat a man. He's got a bag of tricks. I hope this year we see more of him in the first team because I think he needs it. But even then, he's still quite young. Yeah, so. he is. He's quite young, but he signed a four-year deal a couple of years ago. I think you'd like to see him start to kick on and become a regular in the matchday squad. Yeah, well, that would be the ideal yeah. for him. Although he's got tremendous competition to do so. I mean, to that Bortiak and Ben Kalfala earlier. You've also got Gamero, who might be considered there. Scapetta, as you mentioned. I mean, Emilio oh, well. Martinez as well. I mean, there's a bunch of players who will be fighting for those positions. Martinez is another young player that does, I suppose, kind of balance out the way that... The, the I suppose aging veterans in the squad. Oh look, he's um, he's a player of tremendous promise, you know. And look, we may not we may not see much of him this year. You may he may get some game time, say in Champions League or you know in games of little consequence. But look, he he looks to be a very very good young player, and I think it's important to have those those youth players to come through. Yeah, absolutely. It's important, but Brett Holman is really important to the Raw mm. side. You've seen what happened when he was missing last year and when he was on fire last year. He brings a lot to the team, and I really hope. He gets. I know he's questionable again for the start of round one, but I really hope he has a big year because he could really be another X-Factor option. But just playing devil's advocate as well, he's had the preseason with the team. It's not like last year yeah. when he was getting like getting to know the guys when he came in in, what, yeah. October or whatever it was? Somewhere around and there. John obviously didn't know that he was having a good preseason until he had the injury setback. So that's, I think that's going to be important for him. And look, he had... He had he, he saw we saw glimpses of his best at the back yeah. end of last season. Yeah, that so one really good week, didn't he? When he yeah. So, so he, you've got to expect that now he'll be better this season come come round. And he'll be a goal scoring number ten as well. Yes. Speaking of goals, let's move on to the strikers. Obviously, we've talked about Macaroni and D'Agostino and Grimero. How many goals do you reckon these guys need to score for the Raw to be effective? Because last year, M- McLaren did score or what twenty in the season, but. There were times when goals just weren't there. You're probably looking for 40 or 50 from your team in general, so you probably want the majority of that to come from your strikers. So you'd be looking for 35 between the two? Oh, between whoever plays. Also, you've got the wingers as well in that front three I'm talking about. You'd want that sort of goals. Yeah, true. 30 to 35 from the strikers would be good as a a group. That's pretty much... When you look at what the best teams did last year, Babo and Brosk and Ninkovic, that's more or less what they, between them... Put yeah. together, so I think you'd be you'd be satisfied with you know Macaroni scoring you know you know yeah. ten to fifteen goals, but that is yeah. predicated on the fact that you know you have a midfield that's scoring. You now you yeah. you need double digits you know from Holman, you know Bortiak, you know you get you know, need goals from him. You know, like I said, mm. and whoever whoever's playing that front line as well, Skipetis, you know. Yeah, Gamero, like I said, you're going to need goals across yeah. rather than having that one Goals from everywhere are a trait of a championship winning team. You look at what Sydney did last year, you look at the Raw championship winning teams. So yep. Nichols scored a bunch of goals in, a, in the second year they won the grand final. I mean, in you 11 need goals from midfield. In 11 and 12, the two leading goal scorers were Barbarusis and Salorzano, yeah. and they had, I think, 12 each or yeah. something. Salorzano played half a year that, so. Yeah, exactly. So the goals will have to come. It just will be yeah. a group yeah. effort. All right, so. 
let's move on to the overall stuff because I'm just realising how long the segment's running. Yeah. <laughs> so, most important player for the Raw this season, Scott. If he's healthy, Brett Holman. He, he could be the player who makes everything tick around to everyone. Look, I, I actually, I actually think Eric Borthiak could be the most important player only because of that X factor that he, he, he never, we haven't seen it in the A League for. It's a different type of player. The Raw has got from an import point of view. And look, I think if he is everything he says he he could be, look, he could be he could be the difference. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And my most important player for this season, I'm going to go, actually go Macarone. Yep. Because I feel like if he's scoring goals and creating problems for defences, everyone else around him is going to be so much more effective. It's going to be that sort of, you know, tunnel vision where if Macaroni is getting, you know, the two centre-backs, you might see Holman freed up with a little bit more space. You might see Bortiak, Romero, Skipidis, whoever, coming in off either side. So that's for me. And finally, overall expectation for the season. I'll say my actual prediction, but I'm expecting them to be highly competitive, winning a lot of games and more or less where they were last year. At the very least, I think I think at this stage I think we're a bit behind the top two, being you know, Sydney and, uh, Sydney FC and Melbourne victory. But look, I think they'll be in the fight for six. I I'd be disappointed if they missed the finals. I, I think a lot's is, gone wrong if this team misses the finals. Yeah. Top four is a minimum for me. Yeah. We'll save our actual predictions for the final segment. Yep. And I think we're going to take a break right now. What do you say? Let's go to the bar. All right, sounds good. <laughs> this is Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this.